The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 15 plus years of experience with you whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, hello, hello. I hope that you are having a wonderful week and that you are ready to get your weekend started off right. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Pod Chat, Talking Dance. I'm so happy that you are here to chat with me and to just, you know, immerse yourself in all things dance. Before I get going on this podcast episode, I want to give you my regular weekly rundown of classes. Uh, Tuesdays, I teach beginner ballet at Broadway Dance Center at 10.30 a.m. I also teach advanced beginner ballet there on Fridays at 6 p.m. And then this Sunday, I will begin, uh, well, not begin, but I will have my basic ballet class returning uh, at 6 p.m. at Broadway Dance Center. So that was one class that a lot of my students, when it got shifted to an absolute beginner workshop, um, a lot of my students were very disappointed that it was going away. But it is coming back, uh, and I'll be doing that through January, uh, the beginning of January, and then I'll actually be doing another absolute beginner workshop uh, for eight weeks. So if you are curious about ballet um, and maybe were too afraid to do it in the past and didn't get to do it as a young kid, these, I believe, are for 18 uh, people 18 and over, I will be running that Broadway Dance Center so you can check out their website and see when that is running. Um, and uh, I also include a lot of facts in there about dance outside of just your tandus and your plies. So if you're curious about learning about the world of dance beyond just technique, uh, go ahead and sign up for that and hopefully I'll see a few of you listeners there. Alrighty, so 
I'm going to go right ahead into this episode because I am excited. Um, so I don't know if any of you listened to any of my podcasts this summer or if you read my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, but I was suffering from a really bad case of uh, writer's block. Um, Life of a Freelance Dancer is a blog that I've written about for or written on for over five years. I created it back at the beginning of my freelance career after I had been fired from the company I was dancing with and I didn't know what to do. So I created it as uh, essentially a marketing tool to uh, promote myself and to, I was hoping that if companies saw me talking about them, that they would want uh, to hire me so that I could cross promote them. Um, but also it was, I wanted to do it because I wanted to journal what I was doing because when I started freelancing, I had no idea what was happening or how to go about doing it. Um, and I couldn't find anything online. So I figured, well, why not make something and put it online if it's not there? So, uh, it became very successful. I had during the five years, I reached more than 330,000, uh, viewers. It was featured in dance magazine. Um, I had view- viewers from, over a hundred countries across the world. So I'm so proud of the work that I did on there. Um, and it was such a gratifying experience, but this summer I hit a really horrible bout of writer's block and I just couldn't get anything out. And I ended up, I've, I've talked about this in a previous episode. I ended up in one of my counseling sessions crying over the blog. And <laughs> I thought it was, I was laughing and crying at the same time. Cause I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. But what I came to realize was in my five years of traveling the country nonstop, um, even beyond seeing my husband regularly, life of a freelance dancer was the most constant thing in my life. Um, and I, I was blocked and I was thinking about stopping blogging on there and a friend had suggested I stop doing it. And I found myself in tears because it was the only thing that was regular in my life for such a long time. And it was scary for me to let go of that. But I took the summer off and I realized that the reason that I uh, was was having such writer's block was because I had moved beyond that chapter of my career. I was writing, I was still writing regularly, but I was writing based off of past experiences. I didn't have any new experiences in my queue to to share. And I, if, if you've listened to these podcasts for a while, or if you've read my blogs on Life of a Freelance Dancer, um, you'll know that I often write about what is inspiring me in the moment. And I, I didn't have anything uh, that was happening. So I was pulling from a, a treasure chest that was <laughs> running out of treasure. So took took the summer off and thought about what I wanted to do. And I what I realized was that I really still wanted to continue blogging, but I didn't know in what capacity. So uh, took some time and I finally came up with this idea to launch a blog about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. So essentially, once the once we professionals step off stage, what happens next? Uh, or what is it like to be a dance teacher? Or what is it like to be a choreographer or an administrative worker in a professional company or in a school or people that go on to do to make leotards and leg warmers or yoga instructors or people that just go to uh, on to become doctors or physical therapists. I'm curious about all of that. Um, so I, uh, I decided to, you know, to do it because that's what I do. So today is very exciting because I launched 
my brand new blog. Uh, I launched it on WordPress. It's called Dancing Off Stage, and it's an informational blog about the post performance careers of professional dancers. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've actually missed writing, and it was really exciting when I wrote the first blog post because it flew out of my mind within like an, a half hour to an hour. I had the entire post written. Granted, I still had to edit it, but that's how it used to work. And when I was writing on Life of Freelance Dancer the last couple of months, it would take me like two hours, three hours to tediously pull something out. Um, so I was glad to see that this is how it works. But yeah, on this blog, I am uh, planning on, you know, just bringing my regular, uh, <laughs> my regular candor to uh, this other part of the dance world that is very infrequently talked about. So um, I plan on talking about my own personal experiences uh, my uh, in my the second part of my dance career. I, I plan on discussing uh, my highs, my lows. I, and as a part of this one, which I didn't do as much in like freelance dancer, I'm really hoping to get my uh, my working network of professionals, my friends and my colleagues to share their personal experiences. Um, because I, I think that there is so many more perspectives out there in Life of Freelance Dancer, because when I first started it, it wasn't really popular. Um, a lot of people don't want to contribute to it. But I, I'm hoping now that I have a bit a bit more of a name through the Life of a Freelance Dancer gaining popularity and then this podcast, that more of my, my working professional friends will want to share their experiences. So... I think you should head on over there and check it out and subscribe to it and leave comments and share it with your friends and help me get the word out because I'm starting from scratch. I, I'm, I'm not doing it on the same platform that Life of a Freelance Dancer was. I wanted to move over to WordPress. So please check that out. All right. So um, in honor of the launch of Dancing Off Stage, I decided that I was going to rehash one of my old Life of Freelance Dancer blogs. Um, I do this every once in a while, and I, I sort of share, uh, uh, dictate, um, and elaborate on a, a previous blog that I wrote. And this was one that I wrote back in 2014, um, because I often have a lot of people that they go, oh, you blog, that's so easy. Oh, you just get to write and people listen and they take your word. I'm going to do that too about something that I'm passionate about. Um, and I always look at them and I'm like, mm, well, let's talk before you go ahead and do that. <laughs> just to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself in, in, into. Um, because blogging isn't as easy as you think. Remaining inspired isn't as easy as you think. Writing when nobody's reading isn't as easy as you think. Um, so I, I wrote this blog to sort of it was it was in response to a friend that had mentioned that they wanted to create their own blog. But I did this publicly so that anybody that was interested in blogging um, would have uh, a tool to help them prepare for that. So this blog was called Create Your Own Blog. And the way that I, I like to think of it is just blogging for your art. And if you aren't an artist, maybe it's blogging for your product. Um, if you are a teacher, maybe it's blogging for your teaching. Whatever it is, I hope that this can help you uh, if you are interested in starting to blog. When I started this blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, I had little idea that it would become a great platform for me to share, educate, and speak out about issues while on the journey of my dance career. In fact, I only really started this blog because I was scared shitless about finding my own work. 
I knew that I had writing skills and a unique perspective, but I saw blogging more as a personal journal that could potentially be used as a marketing tool instead of a platform for sharing my experiences, thoughts on dance politics, or a handbook for independent contractors of all professions. Yesterday, Life of a Freelance Dancer reached over 50,000 views. Wow, that was a long time ago. (laughs) And as it approaches 100 posts, this was the 99th post, I have decided to share some of my secrets about creating a blog and how to write compelling posts that draw your audience into your unique world. I don't know if it's our age or more of a popular trend within the ballet world, but I have had a great many friends mention to me that they want to start freelancing. Since I started a blog that is unique and contains material that has generally been untouched in the past, I get a lot of people reaching out to me about working as an independent contractor. During a handful of these conversations, more than a few of these dancers have told me that they are considering starting their own blog. They see that I have been successful with it and figure, if he can do it, I can do it. The problem I often find, though, is that not much more thought has gone into something that can be a monumental task. The first thing I do when somebody mentions that they're going to start a blog is ask questions. I always begin with, what is your niche? The obvious answer for us is dance, but is that enough to be compelling? There are many styles of dance, different types of dancers, and a multitude of tracks that somebody can be on throughout their career. The first thing that a potential blogger needs to think about is finding their niche. This special place one hopes to hold in the blogosphere needs to be one topic in which the blogger has endless knowledge and exponential passion. It may seem like an easy task to sit down and write about a subject here and there, but it is absolutely impossible to maintain one's writings over an extended period of time if the topic doesn't mean the world to you. This is the ultimate reason that most bloggers fizzle out within the first month or two of writing. Once a writer chooses their niche, they need to take other things into consideration. How often do you plan on blogging? If a blogger plans to write whenever they feel inspired, they are not going to be able to maintain an audience. Even things that people are most passionate about usually swing up and down on the scale of inspiration. When I started on Life of a Freelance Dancer, my plan was always to write one blog post per week. I didn't know if this was feasible, but it seemed often enough to keep people coming back to check in and infrequent enough to keep me from burning out. Two years later, the longest I've gone without writing has been two weeks, and while I wasn't posting during that period, it wasn't because I was uninspired. It was because I was too busy rehearsing or performing to sit down and create content. It's extremely important to post with regularity, as it will help you maintain your audience. And believe it or not, if nobody is reading your blog, you are that much less likely to continue writing. Now that you have considered your niche and time management, why would somebody want to read your blog? Just writing about a specific area of expertise doesn't mean that everybody who has interest in that topic will read what you have written. I've heard people tell me, I'm going to write about me doing this and my review of that and my experience with this and my thoughts on that. My response can come off pretty offensively, but it is one of the most important things to consider. What makes you so interesting? So, you are a ballerina that likes fine dining, or you have a special knack for knitting leg warmers, but just because you are passionate about something and you shared it on a public platform doesn't make you or your writing interesting. What makes a writer compelling is finding their own unique voice. When you talk to somebody in person, you can hear their vocal inflection as they speak. But reading a smattering of letters jumbled together on a blog with pretty colors in the background and an iPhone photo in the foreground does not draw an audience into a story. Creating a unique writing style within your own content will make one far more interesting. 
Beyond the way that I phrase my posts, I am known to be too openly honest for most of today's common social standards. But the combination of these two things give me a unique voice that makes my writings stand out in ways that others may not. The tendency is for people to watch somebody to do something successfully and to attempt to become successful by copying how that person garnered their success. This rarely works. Find what is unique about you, put yourself out there, and people will read what you have to say. At this point, you've created your blog, so the next step is to write your first post. What are you going to write about and how many topics have you already compiled? Most first-time bloggers think that they are going to come up with all of their topics on the fly as they find inspiration. Some people can do this, but for most of us bloggers, we need to compile a list of possible topics for the future. I generally write about what I am experiencing or inspired by in the moment, but as I stated above, you don't always feel equally inspired to write. How are you supposed to write when you don't feel any motivation and it has been days since you last planned on posting? Nothing can destroy your drive to blog more than writing a handful of forced entries. Not only do these posts take too much energy to write, but they often come off as uninspired to readers. And as for maintaining readers with humdrum content, you can think of it like this. If you go to a restaurant once and the food is bad or the service was poor, how likely are you to return to that restaurant? Unless you have already pulled in a loyal following of readers, this can force people to stay away from your content before they even get to the entree. I always have a list of at least 10 blog topics that I could write about if I can't think of any other subjects. I've gotten to the point where I rarely need to touch that list, but every once in a while I'm too busy to be imaginative or in too little of a writing mood to conjure up a new topic. When trying to summon new material to write about, I find that I write best when I am inspired. What inspires you? I can be inspired by something that I have experienced at a gig, a conversation with a friend about dance politics, or even a random person walking down the street having a conversation with a fire hydrant. I find, <laughs> just a little side note, I first started blogging on MySpace, so I'm stepping away from the blog post for a second, and um, I used to just write about every my everyday life, and a lot of it was dealing with the homeless people that I would encounter on my walks from... Uh, home to the ballet in Seattle. So that's what I'm referencing in the fire hydrant post. That's really where I started my finding my voice. If you want to find that, I'm sure you can find it on MySpace, even though it's mostly defunct. But little side note, let's get back to the blog post. So I was talking about my inspiration coming from a gig or conversations with a friend about politics or a person having a conversation with a fire hydrant. I find when I am truly inspired by a topic, I can write a blog in a wildly short period of time. If I'm less inspired, the task is more tedious and takes a lot more effort. Keep in mind that inspiration doesn't always have to be positive. But if you are inspired and passionate about something, people will be more likely to enjoy your content. How many times have you seen a street performer present and act skillfully with passion and stood in the street smiling to yourself? If you can write passionately inspired posts, people will respond the same way. And they will come back for more. Who doesn't feel good when they are pursuing something that they feel passionate about? The main reason that bloggers continue posting in a public forum is because they want people to read their content. If you post and don't tell anybody about your writing, nobody will know it exists. Most people figure that they will simply post their blogs on their Facebook or Twitter. Or even Instagram now. I didn't use that back then. <laughs> and they think that all of their friends will read what they write and then their friends will share with their friends and their blog will become famous. It's unfortunately not like that. 
The more you sell your blog and your own social media feed, the more likely your friends are to get annoyed with you at first. I do post every blog on my accounts, but I don't post about it much more than that. When I first started blogging, I oversold myself to my friends, and I instantly saw fewer comments, less likes, and some friends even deleted me. Using social media successfully is a delicate balance of posting enough, not posting too much, and delivering interesting content that isn't too sad or self-indulged. The best way I find to draw on readers is a combination of social media and search engine optimization, or commonly known as SEO. For social media, I always post a link to my most recent blog on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, typically with a quote from my writing. On Twitter, I always make sure that I use hashtags for hashtag dance, hashtag ballet, hashtag freelance, and or hashtag blog. And that's actually grown greatly since I wrote this post. There's a lot more to that. And Instagram, you can do even more. This allowed allows people that are interested in these topics to find my tweets, even if they don't follow me. Beyond that, I have each individual post linked on a separate Life of a Freelance Dancer fan page on Facebook. And I used to post these on a board on Pinterest, but kind of fell out of love with that. The way my blog is set up, you can only see the most recent post at the top of the page. Most of my other posts are hidden on the sidebar or on the other pages of my blog. Since I have spent so much time writing each post, I don't want them to disappear into the blogosphere only to be found when somebody searches a specific topic. That is why I use Pinterest, but eventually I also started writing posts that were archival posts that listed all of the blogs for easy access. This made it easy to scroll through individual pieces versus scrolling through the entire pages of writing. As for search engine optimization, or again, SEO, this is where things get a little trickier. I am, At the time, I was still on a bit of a learning curve, and I always am when it comes to SEO. But using Blogger, I, I had a few tricks that I used to, to increase traffic to my website. SEO is essentially creating pathways to have search engines like Google and Bing uh, move your site closer to the top when somebody searches a topic that may relate to your blog. In my posts, I try to find ways to insert links to articles and businesses that are related to my writings. Make sure that you are being honest to your writing with these links. Don't add a random link that has no relation to your work because it is a, pop- is a popular word. But adding links to other searchable subjects may have your blog showing up when somebody searches for a place like... Uh, the School of American Ballet. I'll talk about my training and I'll make sure I instead of say back in my training, I'll say back when I trained at the School of American Ballet. So simple tactics like that. Also be sure to add label keywords after labels and keywords after you have finished your post. In Blogger, there is a sidebar with post settings that allows you to add labels to your content. During my editing process, I search for words in my writing that really stand out as important to the post or names and subjects that are highly searched. For instance, if I wrote a post that included a story about working with Christopher Wheeldon, uh, I am surely going to include him in that list. And Christopher Wheeldon, if you don't know who he is, he is uh, used to be the resident choreographer of New York City Ballet. I think now he is with Royal Ballet in London. He also uh, was the choreographer for American in Paris on Broadway. I am surely going to include him on any list of tags or uh, keywords on my blogs. The more searchable your blog is, the more likely that you are to gather readers, and the higher the viewership, the longer the life of your blog. At the end of the day, you may ask me why I spend so much time sitting at my computer having a conversation by myself with my keyboard. I never thought of myself as a writer until recently, and this is back in 2014. 
Obviously, the excitement of seeing the number of views on my content tick higher and higher contributes to my long stream of writings. But the reason that I continue blogging from week to week is because it gives me a platform to express my thoughts, views, and explorations to people that I don't even know. I can help somebody I've never met learn how to get a job or cope with shitty conditions in their workplace. I always tell people that criticize me for sharing so much about my personal and not-so-personal life online this. There are so many times in life that we feel alone, like we are experiencing something all by ourselves. Those of us that have a platform to share must do so for those people. At some point, somebody has experienced what I have along my journey through my career and life. Sometimes, though, they don't realize that they weren't the only one to have ever experienced it. If putting a little too much of myself out there helps somebody else in their time of need, I'm more than happy to help. With all of this said, if you've got it in you, go ahead and get started writing the, that blog. So there it is. That is uh, one of my blog posts from Life of Freelance Dancer. Uh, like I said, I, I wrote almost 200 posts during the, the life of that blog. So I'm really excited to begin uh, the journey here on Dancing Offstage. You can find it at dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And my first post is called, how appropriate, The Art of Reinvention. Um, and it's, it's, it goes along with the idea that I'm reinventing this blog. Um, I've been reinventing my career for the past few years since I've retired from the stage. And I am just so excited to start to share with people uh, about what the post-performance career life is like. Um, because I didn't realize that it could actually be more gratifying than my performance career. And not to knock my performance career, it was very exciting. And I, I got to do so many fantastic things. Um, I really thought that that was where all the glory was. But I'm, I'm really, really pleased so far at this point in my dance education career and my choreographic career and my media speaking and uh, just m multimedia career that I, I've had so much uh, positive response and I, I'm excited to talk about it and share and hear from other people. So um, I, I really urge you to go over and look at it, share it with your friends um, and really help uh, get the word out because I really think that this is going to be a great thing and I'm looking forward to getting other people to take part in it. I have a vast network of friends that are working professionally from Broadway to ballet companies to choreographing major shows and productions and tours, things like that, to uh, running organizations. Um, so yeah, go ahead, check it out. I hope you enjoy and I hope that if you've ever thought of creating a blog that this uh, helps you get yourself uh, started. And as you know, you can always reach out to me for questions if you want some uh, some information or some advice. Um, I have been wildly booked. I'm almost completely settled into my apartment in, uh, in Sunnyside in Queens in New York City. Um, and, but beyond that, I, my email my email, what do you call that? Inbox is just overflowing and I'm doing multiple projects and teaching a full-time schedule. So just be patient if you don't hear from me. It might take a couple weeks to a month or two for me to get back to you, but I'm doing my best. So please forgive me. Um, so yeah, with that, I will, would like to bid you adieu. 
I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book masterclasses in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoy listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolus, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, which was Life of a Freelance Dancer, but is now Dancing Offstage. Again, that's dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. Be sure to subscribe to that blog as I begin to produce content uh, and talk about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. Lastly, I also have a YouTube channel that features my choreography. And if you'd like to check that out, you can search the channel B. Corollas. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chats. I hope you return next Friday to talk, dance with me, and remember to go out and support your local dance scene.